Hey there, party people. Matt here, welcoming you into the finale of book four of our Tyrant's Grass playthrough. That's right, 49 episodes, nearly a full year spent in this one book. It has been a long journey. I'd like to thank everyone who's listening to this for coming along on that journey with us. It's been a ride. It's been a slog at times, but we've stuck it out and so have you. And now comes the reward. As you know, with the finale of a book also comes our recap retrospective extravaganza that will come out next week for the general public, which is, I'm sure, most of you listening to this. But if you would like to hear it a bit early or even hear it live, you can head on over to our Patreon, pledge at the $10 tier or above. You can hop on Monday, July 10th, and you can hear us record the recap live and even heckle us a bit on Discord. If that's not your thing, that's perfectly fine. We are still accepting questions to answer during the recap. You can go ahead and send those to us you know, on Facebook. You can send us an email. You can hop on the Discord and send us a message on there. However you want to get in touch with us to send us a question, we will add it to the list and address it during the recap. That's about all I've got for you. So thank you all for taking this journey with us. The journey continues, but for now, here is our finale for book four of Tyrant's Grasp. It's episode 125, Diplomatic Endeavors. We here at the Inspiring Incompetence Podcast do not condone regicide. We will, however, flip a coin on it. How's everybody doing? Oh, yeah. Oh, I hope it lands on tails. <laughs> what is this regicide uh, business? As in no heads. Why are we doing this? Well, uh, so here we go. Um, you guys are, again, second session in a row, second episode in a row, not in Gallowspire. Yeah. Um, you but... you uh took a little field trip to curse and you uh you had a little stowaway and uh now you are at Renchurch, which here let me bring you to the map to show you uh show you where you are. So here's here's Gallowspire right here. And here's Renchurch. Okay. Uh, that so... that makes more sense considering like the way we had to travel to get here and the path that I'm assuming the, the last wall, the Knights of Ozum are taking, like Renchurch is on the way to Gallowspire. Yes. So uh, for everybody at home who's not looking at this map, so Verlich is a region of Ustalav, which is directly to the north of last wall. Uh, Gallowspire is... I'm not sure if the top of the map is the top is the northern border of Ustalav or if it goes way farther than that. But it goes Gallowspire. All right then, uh, Gallowspire is we'll call it halfway up Ustalav. Uh, it's about call that about a hundred miles from Vigil, and Renchurch is about thirty-ish miles southwest of Gallowspire. It is uh, at the at the base of the the western base of the Hungry Mountains that Gallowspire is just to the north of. It's like a large monastery, like monastery castle kind of situation. Uh, so you met Arasni there, who plans to go beat up the Whispering Tyrant. Uh, but Watcherlord Ulthun the Second has been riding through Last Wall ever since. Uh, book three ended uh, gathering any able-bodied 
uh, people of Last Wall that are willing to answer his call to arms to go uh, take the fight to Tarbafan. And in during so during all this adventure that you've had through Galaspire, up like traveling there and delving deeper and deeper into Galaspire, uh, Ulthun has been gathering his army and then traveling north. And at one point or another, they figured out where Tarbafan was gathering his forces at Renchurch. Um, Arasni suspects that perhaps it was one of her uh, Grave Knight bodyguards leaked that information, perhaps to uh, sow confusion, divide her attention. But the fact is, Arasni needs you to basically stop this army from reaching Renchurch because she doesn't want to have to contend with a second army while she's beating up Tarbafan. And she also, uh, at least this is what she's telling you, you can believe her or not, she knows that you guys, you know, like the Knights of Ozum, or at the very least, don't want to see them slaughtered. Eh. And, you know, is asking, has so part, part of this motivation is she wants you to, like, save them for your own sakes. Yeah, uh, so that's what uh, we're talking about with Regicide, because Ulthun's army stopped about 100 feet from you, uh, so you stand between them and Renchurch, and then Ulthun and his honor guard closed half of that gap and are now 50 feet from you. And each of these knights, including Ulthun, are astride horses, so they're actually not as big as their tokens would suggest, that's just the space that they occupy and the reach that they benefit from while riding on a horse. Uh, so we've got Althun here in the center, and then each of these uh, six figures surrounding him are, they appear to be paladins of Iamade. And then he's got two more knights uh, flanking him uh, on his right and left, like right behind him. And they appear to be some sort of priests of Serenray. Uhtred uh, recognizes one of these uh, Serenite priests as his old childhood friend and training buddy, Khalid. And uh, kind of hailed Khalid and also expressed his uh, bewilderment that he's uh, seeing him again for the first time in so long. It'd be a pretty long time, right? Like, oh yeah. To, uh, I mean, you guys, you guys did so. a fair amount of like novice training together. But as you advanced and your specialties kind of branched out, you saw less and less of each other as you, you know, did more specialized training with uh, various. Uh, well, I was even just trying to think, like, around what age are you usually do you graduate from the academy? Because, I mean, Uhtred was pretty young when he went to Rossler's Coffer. Yeah. Well, Uhtred like was Uhtred was well, not, uh, like, fully that, graduated when he did yeah, yeah. go. But, I, I mean, after, after the Red Reaver, back to yeah. the Academy, it wasn't that many years after that event where he asked to be stationed in Rossler's Coffer. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I, I'd say a, a decade as, as, like, a like a minimum amount of time. Yeah. So, Uhtred, uh, Khalid stares at you with a look of surprise and maybe a bit of dread. So, the rumors were true. I wish we could have reunited under different circumstances, Uhtred. What are these rumors? Khalid opens his mouth to respond, but then his eyes widen as he looks past you at something else. And the knights are all lit up from a blinding flash originating from behind you. As you turn around, the resonating boom catches up, and you can see the most spectacular explosion dropped right on top of Tarbafon's army, nearly a mile away. And as you watch, red and white flames blossom upward, and the entire view of Renchurch seems to wobble and blur from the eddies of power. And you and the Gathered Knights are bathed in a deep red light in the moments of climax. As impressive as it is, the blast only touches a small fraction of the undead hordes at large. Finally, a windy gust of heat blows past you, and then past the Knights of Ozum. 
Watcher Lord Althun is the first to wrench his gaze away from the horrifying display of power. Look sharp, stalwart adventurers. The greatest enemies of Last Wall do battle, but a stone's throw from here. And the Knights of Oza march to Renchurch to repay blood with blood for the desolation visited upon Vigil. Your tales may be legends in Last Wall, but rumor reaches us that now you bow to the abomination Arasni. Stand with us against her and against her bastard sire Tarbafan, or at least demonstrate that you remain honorable by stepping oh, aside man. as we visit Ayamade's justice upon these monsters. <laughs> Richard's literally, literally <laughs> laughing. Uh, Tia is too. Like, yeah. oh my god, this guy doesn't get it. Um, so actually, Arginus will uh, will respond to that in the most uh, kind of Arginus way possible. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you uh, saw that blast maybe uh, two seconds ago, but. Those were godlike powers over there. <laughs> um, do you really think that you bearish chance against Arasni and <laughs> the tyrant himself? Uh, you really don't know the forces that you're meddling with here, and I would highly recommend that you turn around and save your companions from a very dastardly death. Almost to punctuate Arginus's statement, another fireball erupts in the same spot as before. Uh, at least you think it's a fireball. The ghostly gray ball of flame sets the entire hillside into a grayscale for just a moment before snuffing out again and returning color to the scene. And uh, Althun says, Stand a chance or not. This could be our only hope, our only chance, to put an end to Tarbafon. Well, on that part, you're right, but it's not your chance. If you walk in there, you're just going to ruin what Arazi's trying to do. And, oh, by the way, I, we definitely didn't bow to her. Like, she's... I don't want to say on your side, because she's not. She hates you. But she hates him she's more. She's the enemy of our enemy. <laughs> yeah, like that. Okay. Uh, at this point, I want sense motive checks from everybody. 18. Five. Stand aside, boys. 29. <laughs> so, Uhtred, as uh, always, has uh, completely wrecked his sense motive uh, roll. Although, you do have a plus six, I think, on right, basically every roll you make, so take that five and turn it to an eleven, baby. And feel, fail it less worse. <laughs> well, a DC ten is enough for you to realize that Althun takes the counsel of his honor guard very seriously, and sway, uh, to sway him from uh, abandoning this attack Will, will be made much easier by first swaying his honor guard. There's a whole, like, social combat that this encounter is wrapped around, and I will get back to that, but I don't want to bog this moment down with, uh, like, everybody taking turns, trying to influence other guards, and, like, doing anything like that. So uh, I kind of want to keep most of this grounded in just role play, and then when the time comes, I'm going to pause and we'll break it down and then make applicable checks and then we'll go from there. Sweet. But you know that uh you know that his honor guards are uh of varying opinions of you. And Thalias, with his twenty-nine sense motive, uh has sussed out each of the guards' attitudes towards you. We'll go through the paladins first. You've got there. Are, these are all uh, humans. You've got Bolstaw, who is friendly towards you. You've got Sabael, who is unfriendly towards you. Delroy is indifferent. Anka is indifferent. Seven is indifferent. Ewald is friendly. And then you've got the priest of Serenray. Khalid is indifferent. And Joss is friendly. 
So depending you know, on that's so weird. Like Uhtred's friend is like the one who's not sure, but the other guy's like, yeah, I like these guys. <laughs> <laughs> so Althun mentioned that uh, like there's currently like legends about you guys throughout Last Wall, and this is kind. This is directly tied to your actions taken uh, in Vigil after the city was destroyed. Whether there's people from the Golden Dawn Rose or, you know, other people who, you know, just heard about you or, you know, whatever. Uh, what you guys did was nothing short of heroic and miraculous. So a lot of the, a lot of random people uh, see you guys as like celebrities right now, even though you haven't really had much of a chance to enjoy that. However, with these rumors uh, flying around, perhaps also started by the Grave Knights, uh, that you are with Arasni. I guess not a rumor, but the rumor that you are like bowing to her uh, is certainly also a a big factor in how people, just a random person, might see you right now. Yeah. So Khalid may is perhaps kind of riding the line, not really sure what to make of the situation. Uh, but then the other priest is like, you know, just ate up those stories about how Uhtred got swallowed by that giant turtle only to, like, claw his way back out through the mouth again. And he was like, that's rad as hell. That guy's awesome. That's Did, uh... the thing that swayed him, not <laughs> fucking catapulting the haunting dark from a mile away. Or maybe it was that. It's just a fucking random <laughs> example. <laughs> maybe that dude say, sure got uh, eaten like a badass. Maybe, <laughs> maybe this guy hates turtles. <laughs> maybe. Did they hear about how many times I've died? That Seriously. Was, the yeah. man that won't stay dead. Seriously, this guy I has mean, died three times for this cause and keeps <laughs> fighting. What more do you want? Uh, hell yeah. I mean, honestly, anybody who knows... Like who has a physical description of him is going to look at the lies and assume he's Randolph, the hero from Vigil. Uh, yeah, who has true. died? <laughs> who has died zero times to their knowledge? Uh, I'll have to put on a disguise to look my like <laughs> disguise myself as myself. Yeah, um, my glory must be known. Yeah. Uh, so the paladin Sabale crosses her arms and she says. The Harlot Queen is a subtle one. You may not think that you bow to her, but rest assured, if she wants someone to do something, whether or not they think their loyalties lie with her, is another matter entirely. Loyalties? That's what you're hung up about? I have literally died for this cause. Health Elias there has died three times already. I hold up three fingers with a, <laughs> you know, a nod. We have done far more and sacrificed far more than anybody here. Alls I ask is please do not make the same mistake that Sito made in Vigil during the White Blade Festival. Uh, Uhtred, as you're speaking, uh, you see a few of Ulthun's guards' eyes uh, briefly glow a cold blue as they scrutinize you all. Uh, and each one ends their gaze on Teobleth. Oh, and fuck. <laughs> the, the paladin directly uh, directly next to Althun, he leans in. Without bothering to lower his, voice, lower his voice, he says, My lord, the elf. Althun's eyes likewise glow a cold blue as he looks at Teobleth. I see your sinister aura, elf. Do your companions know what foul company they keep? We do. Far better <laughs> than you do. Yes, those are Arasni's lawns. That's oh, that that's that's not what he's talking about, Richard. <laughs> well, maybe I don't see it. <laughs> yes, I see the second decrepit aura hiding in your bag. The fact that it's a keepsake of Arasni is not helping your case. I am not to be fooled. There is no mistaking it. The elf is evil. Well. Let's not go throwing around labels, but I have been working with the Hell Knights for uh, six decades now. We welcome 
people and races from all walks of life in Laswal. We do not incriminate citizens or travelers merely on the grounds of their personal ethics or morals. And some of Althun's guards scoff or roll their eyes as if having some unspoken disagreements with that philosophy. Yet here now, seeing an evildoer among you does make your already preposterous olive branch particularly hard to swallow. Yes, well, like I said, I've been working with the Hell Knights for over 50 years now. I mean, I don't know how much you know the Hell Knights. They are very dedicated to law and order. And that, he points behind him to the undead horde of Tarbafon, that is very much against everything that we stand for. Good or evil makes no difference in this fight. I, I don't know if any of you have noticed, but... I don't see anybody else showing up to help Last Wall. The Paladin Seven uh, looks, turns to Uhtred at that, and he says, "We all came here prepared to die. None of us find our chances of survival particularly high, and we came to sacrifice everything for a mere chance at justice." I'm not asking you not to make that sacrifice, and I agree. The chances are very little. No one has witnessed that more than me. What we are asking of you is merely to wait to make that sacrifice. At the very least, it would behoove us to see who triumphs between Orazni and the Whispering Tyrant. Why would we... Our chances were basically zero going against, them he, going against one of them head on. At least this way we can let them weaken each other, like... Would you rather face Tarbefan with his entire army at full strength, or Arasni at full strength, or whichever one manages to stumble their way out the other side of a fight? While you guys are having this dialogue, uh, anyone chancing a glance back towards Renchurch, uh, you can barely make out two figures floating in the air over Renchurch. Uh, on one of the figures, you think you can just barely spot the silhouette of the telltale horned helm of Tarbefan. From this figure fires an electric green beam of energy straight at the other figure, but it's deflected, and for a moment it's an obtusely angled line, and it continues out until it makes contact with a rocky cliff beyond Renchurch, and untold tons of rocks are freed from the cliff and they fall to the ground with a massive plume of dirt. And Althun says, Perhaps it is now, while both liches are distracted with each other, that our best chances of taking out his undead forces. Well, let me speak <laughs> to those who are reasonable. Do you all really think that you have some greater purpose here that's going to keep you alive? You die now. Guess what? You are leaving every infant, every woman, every person who has put their faith into you alone and abandoned. If you go into this now, you will die. <laughs> and make no mistake, it will be on you. So don't cross over there. Wait until this is done and over with. I know you guys have seen our legendary. I know you've heard our stories. You must listen to them. Listen to your hearts and listen to us. You will die if you go in there. Sabale says, oh. How dare you question our sensibilities? We went on this mission with the good faith of those children and women and civilians knowing that we would never see them again well that's that might not be entirely true if you do this and you die which you will you're going to be brought back by Tarbefon himself and then he will use you to kill your family is that what you want I've seen it firsthand. <laughs> I've seen the way how they mess the minds up of every single person. And trust me when I say they will do horrible things to you. At this point, a single soldier timidly steps out from the halted formation a hundred feet back from Althun, and he raises his shield high over his head, hailing you. You! You, you must, you all must be the, the ones who saved my hub, my husband, Dondry. 
You saved him from a horrific fate on the shores of the Path River. He got home to me, and I was able to see him one last time before I came here. Thank you. This, uh, this man is referring to the guy that you, uh, that you saved from that stake when you first crossed the river into, uh, Verlich. The sailor. Yeah. The guy with the boat. Um, the guy that we sent <laughs> off down the river on, like, a raft. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, oh, yeah. it was like, like a... It was a barge. It was like a barge, okay. but <laughs> something that ideally needed more than one person to navigate, but that fucking guy did it anyway. Um, Althun kind of turns his head... Uh, when he hears this, this seems to be like news to him and also uh, something that like actually made him like stop and consider like the in, the in, the integrity of you all. Watcher Lord, I'm not petitioning you to wait because I think you will die now. I think you most likely will die if you wait as well. I'm employing to your sense of strategy and war. Right now, you're just riding head in with no real plan. You have an advantage that you're not aware of. We come from Gallowspire itself, and we have made it so that the Witch Gates will allow long-range teleportation into Verlich for the first time in almost a, a millennia. This is not the time to make the stand. We need to formulate a plan now that we know we can get here without having to ride through the whole countryside. At this point, the wind starts to whip this way and that, and the sky begins to light up the battle of Renchurch. I want to add real quick that at no point has Uhtred actually turned around to look at what was going on behind him. At this point, the wind starts to whip this way and that as the sky begins to light up. The battle above Renchurch has begun to charge the very fabric of the air and the landscape, and you can see the two distant liches trading spells of incomprehensible power, and the mere fallout of these magics bring a glow to everything you look at. Occasional stones and pebbles whip past you, caught in the eddies of arcane power. The paladin Anka says, As we said, we came here prepared to sacrifice everything. Now, Ayamade is watching over us. She will ensure that even upon death, favor will shine upon us. It's not about you. It's about the ones you protect. I'm also not seeing Ayamade here, (laughs) but I do see two godlike creatures fighting in the distance over there. So unless if your god is here right now, I beseech thee to use your common sense. They are not gods. They are but liches, Althun spits. And he says, I also don't see Urgothoa on their side either. No gods stand present on this battlefield. Their, mag- their magics may be formidable indeed, but we carry the heart and soul of Lastwall, and that will count more than mere arcane magics. And a small commotion gets your attention back at the forefront of Althun's forces. And you look and see that several people seem to have pushed their way to the front. Uh, you see a dwarven man and two female humans. Uhtred and Arginus, you would recognize what remains of the Fellwood Irregulars, who you parted ways with back at Castle Faunum. They're waving quite enthusiastically at you, and Rainer the Dwarf shouts, Long time, Uhtred! Arginus! Randolph and Thalias! Thank you for your help at Castle Farnham. It eases our nerves to see you here now. It's good to see you guys made it out of Ustalav. Although I guess you didn't quite. Well, we never found Gibris. If you uh, if you listen back to that episode, Randolph introduced himself as Randolph and Thalias. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and the back and forth comes to a sudden stop. And you can see, you can only see one figure, the horn figure, floating above Renchurch. But on the ground, you can see the hordes of undead swarm a singular adversary. It's impossible to see what's going on, but it's clear that the uncountable masses are not claiming an easy victory. I'm going to have our genus actually uh, lift off the ground and beseech to the army they have behind them. Yeah, that'll... That's definitely so disrespectful. Soft. That'll definitely soften Althun's heart to 
go above his head, literally. Uh, also, while this is going on, I just wanted to add to, like, um, Teoblith would have mentally activated his his flight ability. Um, his, yeah, mind over gravity. He would have, like, activated that. He hasn't flown away or, like, left the ground yet, but he just wanted that up and running just in case. All right, go for it, Arginus. Uh, Arginus um, flies overhead. Well, so I- where... So you're, you're, are you just flying straight up and then shouting out, or are you like flying up and past? No, I'm going in the armor. I'm guard. just gonna be like shouting. Okay, he's Person. just going up to make yeah. himself. He's basically putting himself up on a stage so they can all see him. Yep, soapbox our genus. Yeah, is this what you think you can take control over? Look at this madness out here. You think that just because you march over there with strong wills and axes, you have a chance to kill them? Who have you left behind? What have you lost in order to lose your mind like this? Look at this madness. Bombs dropping. You will die if you go over there i ask and plead all of you do not throw your lives away for this you will be brought back to life but not you you will be used and tortured and kill everyone that you love we have seen it firsthand and surely you've all heard about us at this point we have seen it firsthand please please go back enough althun looks at directly at utrid and he says get control of your friend does he does he think that the solution to this is to incite mutiny and anarchy if I decide to turn back, then I will tell my men to turn back, and then we will all take one singular course of action. He is trying to incite anarchy and chaos that will send men to the hills where I Arginus. cannot protect them. Arginus, please, come back down. It's, it's not helping. I, I, know, I know you mean well, but please, just come back down here and talk to the Watcher Lord. <laughs> they think that they're helping by bringing them straight to the- our genus. They will die either way. <laughs> You're they right. know this. They have accepted that. I don't believe that. I believe that this is out of desperation and pity that they are here. Look around, our genus. We are all out of desperation. Yes. But they have a chance to live. They have a chance to go home and see everybody. But instead... So do you, but you don't. I don't. How could you ask of them to do what you will not? I don't have anybody. And you don't know. You don't know what they are capable of. And I can't allow every single person to make a sacrifice that they have no idea what, what they're going to make. They don't know what but they're getting genus, themselves into. That is what makes them the living. They have the free will to make that sacrifice. Sabeo the paladin, uh, she kind of like rolls her entire head as she scoffs at Uhtred and Arginus. <sighs> I cannot say for sure if these people are with the Whispering Way, but I have seen firsthand how pretty their lies are packaged. Their concerns for us and the people of Lastwall could just as easily be gentle words meant to soften our hearts. And Bolstar shakes his head at Sabael, uh, though he keeps his gaze upon you all. Sabael, we cannot shed our own humanity even as we try to protect it. My brother was on the Golden Dawn Rose that led the Exodus from Vigil, and so were they. These brave men were the singular bulwark, barring death and worse from the helpless souls on that ship. And even when they left to pursue justice, the golem they left with Eluna turned the tide against more than one skirmish those poor people had to endure before they reached Castle Everstand. Sabael just kind of scoffs again but doesn't have a retort. I love that all these people got our backs. They're just coming out from the woodwork like, yeah, they were awesome yeah. over here and here. Look, you, 
this this book was filled with hidden choices for you guys to make and those choices are all culminating here at the end of it and I've it would have been, been funny if we were a total dick to everyone and didn't help a single person <laughs> it would have been so funny <laughs> <laughs> at this point you can see two figures in the air again and it appears that Erasny has Tarbafan on the run the two zoom through the air over Renchurch before cutting to the side, and you lose track of them as Erasny pursues him into the hills beyond Renchurch. Malthun says, I'm far outside of my element, and I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And now you tell me to do the unthinkable, and nothing? No. What if this I... is our one and only hope of stopping Tarbafan? Even if We're what you say is true, and Erasny is indeed an is it not our duty? It we, is. Tarbafan is here. We know he's here. We know his army is here. If we fall back, we lose that advantage. A wizard of Tarbafan's power, he can hide his army from us. He can hide himself from us. But we know that he's here. If we let him slip through our fingers, then Vigil and Roslaw's coffer will become mere statistics and not tragedies. What do you know of the Shattered Shield of Arneson? Well, I'm something of a history buff. How long do you have? Give me the Cliff Note version, because I may know something about it that you don't. I know that Tarbafon is using it somehow to enact these atrocities upon our, upon our cities and towns. That is correct. And do you know that a large piece of it is lodged within his hand. That does match the legends of what happened 900 years ago, of well, what weakened him. And since you're such a history buff, I'm sure you know what that shield did and who it was crafted by. Do you have any idea if you were try to try and strike the Whispering Tyrant, if it would not simply just bounce off of the shard? This is why I implore you to wait not do nothing, and not to abdicate your duties to Laswall, but rather formulate a plan with the help of us. I swear my sword to you against him. At this point, a distant explosion of color-draining light reaches out from somewhere in the hills beyond Renchurch, and for another moment of grayscale. And just as color returns to the scene again, a spine-chilling clap of thunder echoes from the hills, like the sound of two mountains crashing into one another. And at this point, we're going to do some crunch. So, Thalias's sense motive determined the, the general disposition of each of the knights towards you all. Uh, in addition to that... You know, I was paying attention to if it was plus, minus, or neutral. It seems like we have a slight favorability about us. People are more on our side than against us. Leaving Timberward, the wood golem on the ship actually swung one of the knights from unfriendly to friendly. That's a big swing. So, in addition to knowing the disposition of these knights, Thalias also knows alternate skills that you can use in place of diplomacy to influence their attitude towards you. So here they are in order. Bolstaw is currently friendly, and he could be influenced. These, these are all in addition to diplomacy. He can be influenced by Handle Animal and Knowledge Nobility. Uh, Sabale is unfriendly, and she is influenced by Handle Animal and Knowledge Geography. Delroy is indifferent and is influenced by Knowledge History and Knowledge Religion. Anka is indifferent and influenced by knowledge local and perform oratory. Seven is indifferent, influenced by knowledge geography and knowledge religion. Ewald is friendly, influenced by knowledge local and perform oratory. Uh, Khalid is indifferent and influenced by knowledge geography and knowledge religion. And Joss is friendly, influenced by knowledge nobility and professional soldier. So, the attitudes of the knights ultimately they directly impact the diplomacy dc you need to make against althun anyone who wants to influence a guard may do so any one person can only influence one single guard once but otherwise you guys can all take your turns influencing a guard but be warned 
that if you try and fail to influence a guard by five or more, it will drop the guard's attitude by one step. Jeez. Uh, and that will increase the DC. So, like, if you've got if you've got a decent modifier in one of the applicable skills, and by all means, but if you got nothing and you're like, oh, I'll just roll the dice, like, just know that that's... It could be worse. There are ramifications for that, yeah. So let's... I've got all the knowledges covered with a minimum of 11 or 12. Yeah, I was say, the, the only ones on this list that I'm really going to be useful for is knowledge, history, and religion. And straight up diplomacy. Tubeless actually got a decent diplomacy. Oh, thank God. We're going to need that. I got eight. I was like, I think our genus is this better, but Teoblith has a decent diplomacy. How? How? How could it be better? He's <laughs> the most diplomatic. Come our on. genus is silver tongue. Started mutiny. And how um, do you think he did it? Diplomacy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. Well, boy, don't I stand corrected. <laughs> so I, and also, uh, the hailing of the uh, Fellwood, Fellwood Irregulars. Uh, have netted you all a plus two bonus on any checks that you make to influence the guards, the knights. Oh, okay. All right, so I'll also add that bringing a guard from friendly to helpful does not net you any additional benefits. So we had a bunch of them friendly already, right? Yeah, so it's, it's uh, basically... Three friendlies. Yeah, so it's basically we don't need to worry about making the friendly ones more friendly. We just need to increase the ones that are either indifferent or unfriendly so you've got five guards one is unfriendly and four are indifferent okay and we can each try to influence like each of them once that is correct and bear in mind that after all of this the decision to uh, attack stand by or full-on retreat will ultimately come down to althun which will be a diplomacy check he doesn't get any alternate skill checks. Right. But the DC for that diplomacy check uh, will be greatly modified by the final attitudes of these guards. Well, looking through, uh, Teoblith is going to use knowledge history on Delroy and religion on Seven and Khalid. Okay. All right. So the knowledge history for Delroy is a 28 is one of the lower rolls I can do here. And then we have a knowledge religion for seven. That's a nat 20 for a 43. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then another okay. history for Khalid. And that's a 35. Okay. I think Richard's going to do guard B with a knowledge geography. Okay, Sabale. Okay. Sabale, yeah. Um... And probably guard E as well. Same thing. Can is your religion better than your geography? Uh, my religion is better. I missed that he also had religion. Yeah. Can I actually um, help instead? Because I'm not gonna lie. Not on not on knowledge skills. Um, for the sake, since they're replacing like essentially a diplomacy, diplomacy check, I will let you roll to assist. On a skill that wouldn't otherwise be applicable to that. And Tom, also bear in mind, like diplomacy is also just an option to use on these PCs if if you're comfortable with your diplomacy. Uh, rolling it multiple times, uh, <laughs> like I'm sitting at a 14 right now. Like, oh shit, I'm the diplomatic one in the group. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got a plus 16. Oh, never mind. Oh wow, Philias is the diplomatic one, <laughs> as always. All right, so I'm doing guard B, knowledge, uh, geography, and guard E, knowledge, religion, to start. All right, so that's Sabael and seven. Important to note that Sabael is the only guard that is needed to be influenced twice in order to get her from unfriendly to friendly. If, like, say, if uh, Teoblith's checks were all successful, that would leave Sabael as the only one that is not friendly, but she is still two steps away from from friendly. So what do we got for that knowledge geography? Uh, 34 for the geography. And then uh, the knowledge religion is a 35. And a 19 uh, to assist that check. So we've done all of them at least once. Correct. With uh, E getting two. 
Uh, let me do a religion on Khalil. I will say doing a history or religion on Delroy would not go amiss since that was my lowest roll. It was below a 30. Like, I'm not sure what the DC is, but that was right. my worst one. <clears throat> so that's uh, worth another shot. What did you say it was for him for that one? Uh, Delroy needs either history or religion. All right. So I'll do another religion here. So for Khalid, I got a 36. And um, for the second one, I already forgot the name. Delroy. That was a Delroy. That was a 33. Okay. Now, Thalias has remained uh, very silent through all of this. I'm the diplomatic cleaner upper. Right. Well, he's the closer. I, for, for that reason, uh, I would actually not be letting Joe roll anything because he has not said anything to warrant a roll. Yeah. Um, you guys got it covered. I'm along for the ride. The guy who just died the most should not be steering this. Uh, sort of tense uh, <laughs> tense dealings. Although I yeah. will chime in to tell people you know, we let's should give get that this right. Genus, who's died <laughs> yeah. zero times. Well, okay. once. well everybody's technically died once, I yeah. guess. <laughs> what okay. if I hit the unfriendly guys? <laughs> uh, like like with, with your, your hand? Uh, no, with my diplomacy. You know, put some extra work on them. Well, because you haven't spoken. Like, the, the, these roles that we're all making are to retroactively reflect all of the dialogue that we've just gone through. Oh, I it's, see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Taking yeah. what each person said and giving it you've a been numerical stan- value. Gotcha. You've been standing there drooling this entire time, so. Yeah, pretty much. You've just been staring at the, the two necro or the two lizards <laughs> fighting in yeah. the back. Yeah, if thank you. Wanna... you. You're, you're the vehicle with which I, my narrative is uh, <laughs> is c- continuing. Yeah, it's like look behind me, you know, <laughs> clashes of all this. Look to them; they're all <laughs> fighting. Like, oh my god, come on! Yep. The two of you sides, is, just get it right. It could fucking yep. around. Does that leave us with only one interaction on Sabale? Uh, currently, yes. I don't have either of the relevant skills for Sabale. Like, I could just do a diplomacy, but um, it's not great. And I've already done Sabale. Right. So we got one on Sabale. I'm saying, like, yeah. I could do another, a second one on Sabale to I'll... try and get her up to friendly, but. I think just getting her off of unfriendly is probably enough, considering how many friendlies we already have, and I think we turned a couple indifferent in the friendlies, too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I could be wrong, but nothing I rolled ended lower than a 33, so mm-hmm. I'm just assuming those probably all pass. Okay, so an indifferent honor guard imposes a minus two penalty, cumulatively, uh, to the diplomacy check to uh, influence Althun. Unfriendly guard imposes a minus five penalty, which is also cumulative. With your round of checks... Wait, wait. What about friendly? Friendly uh, doesn't adjust anything. Oh. Because you would think friendly would be a plus. Yeah, but it's not. So, uh, with your round of checks, you have uh, brought Sabale to indifferent, and all of the other guards are now friendly. It's pretty good. So, we want any closing arguments before... uh, Proceeding to diplomacy on Althun. Thalias would give some uh, some words. Basically, I'm trying to think exactly what I want to say. Basically, along the lines of you know how we what we've all went through, you know, to get to this moment, and we have a very clear path forward. If Watcher Lord Althun would follow our lead and put aside, you know. Put aside any differences or opinions you might have at this moment. Because, like, you think about the work that went into us getting here. (laughs) It's like this guy's just standing there like, I don't know, me and my guys are going to do our thing. It's like, dude, come on. Like, that would be Thelias's angle. (laughs) He would just be like, come on. We've we've been here and there and just, like, appealing to, and especially since all the people we've interacted with are here. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't really have any, like, way to... I don't, I don't really like, have, like, an RP for that. Contextualize but, that. Yeah. Just, you're just going the Jimmy just, route. 
Yeah. You just, come on. It's just, come on. You just it's go like, like, come on. All, like, just go, everyone, like, all, all of us, can, like, the four of us, we have died for this cause. Some of us multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> we, like, we came out of Roslar's coffer. We tried to warn you what was going on and were ignored in vigil. And you saw what yeah. happened there. And we still got thousands of people out. And yep. now we've been into the depths of Gallowspire and back. Fucking listen to us. We know. Yeah, yeah I say that. <laughs> Good work, Matt. <laughs> Fantastic. Well all right, done, so. Joe. Well done. And uh, the, the context of all that is layered over, like Alex said, of me looking, like the, his narrative runs through me, you know, where there's the battle going on. And I'm like, hmm. Everyone else is just talking over this battle, and I'm looking back at it like, "Oh my god, come on!" Looking at the, you know, like at how the troops. like you actually want to get involved in that? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. All right. So now we need diplomacy against Watcher Lord Ulthian the Second. You can all make your own diplomacy checks, or you can roll to assist a singular roller. I will be assisting. And in to that end. You can immediately make a diplomacy check to try to convince him to halt his attack, and then you would need to make a second diplomacy check to convince him to turn back entirely. Uh, but before doing that, you can make a diplomacy check to try to adjust Althun's attitude from indifferent to friendly, which would lower the DCs of the first two that I mentioned by five. But wait a second. If we fail on him, he go, can he go down any further? Yes. Oh. <laughs> and diplomacy is the only thing we can use on him. Yes. I mean, I'll join the diplomacy on this one. Um, um. Let, let me give the diplomacy a try to, um, to bump him can up. Can we? Yeah. Can we all assist on that? Yeah, because that seems like oh, okay. I would definitely assist somebody on. Yeah, and I think us all making independent checks on him to <laughs> adjust it would be maybe scary. Yeah, well, I'm going to uh, I'm going to use a focus point from my divination for a sudden insight to give myself a plus six bonus on this diplomacy. Oh nice. yeah, that's the stuff. So yeah, so this is going to be. Is the diplomacy to bring his Lower. attitude up to friendly? Yes. Yes. So this roll result plus six. So I rolled a 34 with the bonus that's uh, 40 plus whatever assists I'm getting here. Now you're getting plus two assisted. from me. So that's a 46 overall with three assists. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the DC was 18 <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to bring him to friendly. Oh, so he really wasn't having a hard decision at all. He knew he was siding with us. Well, that's well, just to the, be, make him just to make him like us better. Yeah. You can't roll the, under a fourteen, though. The DC, <laughs> yeah, the DC to convince him to stop the attack and also to turn around, even after reducing the DC by five, is higher than that. Oh, okay, uh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, I just, <laughs> here we go, super attack. <laughs> Uh, and you are at a minus two penalty for these with the remaining indifferent guard. Yeah, who was that? So I, so I know, put him in my shit list. Sabail. <laughs> All right, so are we doing the same thing with uh, these diplomacy checks, or are we switching up the primary roller? I'm going to say that since these are meant to be like a extrapolation on like this entire role-playing, uh, kind of how we did uh, like infamy checks and skull and shackles uh, infamy infamy <laughs> infamy <laughs> uh, uh, Tia Blith's like like plus six to a skill check like I'm not gonna let you do that with these two that was like a one time thing since these aren't like why don't you have uh, acrobatics checks that you can like make in succession okay why, why don't these you have all, like, each on of, top of each other our genus Utrid and Tia Blith make the role, so I'm just sense? assisting. Oh, okay. Utrid's My assisting. diplomacy uh, is a negative he, one. 
Oh, okay. Because yeah. he did and do a bunch of good role playing and in, in talking to them. You know, if you're trying to. Yeah. Yep. And then basically, I'm, that's being I'm prepared to. His, his clout is like being represented yeah, gotcha. in these diplomacy checks to assist. Yeah. Gotcha. And I'm prepared to offer like additional bonuses. Like I like I've been kind of gauging your arguments and like what like sentiments. Oh shit! These guys and at a penalty. (laughs) Our genus didn't do you guys many favors with his uh, with uh, inciting the masses. I like how you guys yeah. are like, yeah, but to uh, be Elias fair has been quiet. That, though, I just I like gesture it. broadly to our genus. So, here, so here's the thing. You've got two diplomacy checks to make. The first one is to convince him to stop the attack. If you fail that, then you're done. The second one doesn't matter. The second one is to get him to turn around and leave. Well, what do you think, Joe? You want to take one and I'll take the other? Yeah, sure. I'll do... Uh... Let do Joe do one, the second one now. No, oh, Joe, this, you yeah, got the second one. one. Well, Joe's got the highest one. Uh, yeah, but it's only by one, that. and Joe is such a shitty roller. That's uh, not untrue. I think uh, no, I think that's good because I've been you know sort of quiet. It's like I come in at the end and I just implore him like, to turn back. Yeah, like please, Listen, just I learned you know. something today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on. Yeah, come on. <laughs> All right. All right. So it uh, looks like Utrid will not be assisting Actually, the first diplomacy. That, that gets a plus eight, so I will be. A plus eight? The two from... Who's the McCallits? The Felward or Regulars are giving you a bonus versus the Honor Guard, not Oh, not Althun. him. All right, then so that falls one plus short. Six. Yep. But you will be assisting on the second as long as we get that far. Good. Right. Joe probably needed it more. Yeah. So Joe can still assist on this first check. Oh, and perfect. he does it automatically. And I do. That's true. As does uh, our genius. Yep. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. All right. So you are getting a plus four. four. And, well, plus four from assisting and then a minus two from the indifference. Oh, right. Right, 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 right. Yes. So plus two. And I'm going to hero point this. Yes. Ooh. Nice. So, so that's whatever. Infamy. 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 So whatever I, whatever the result comes here, we're adding ten to it. All right. Uh, uh, power dice. Power dice. Power dice. <laughs> you guys. Thinking. You guys don't. Jeez. Don't I forget have this to bring in my power hand dice. all session long, <laughs> every session. Uh, so yes. Uh, this plus ten. All right. All right. Not the best but that is going to be a grand total of a 31 all right uh a 31 is successful uh althun is prepared to have his army uh stand by and at least just wait and see what happens that does still leave them uh and i'll just remind you uh many of the people in this army are like 16 year olds that are like I'm gonna go kill the whispering tyrant yeah uh (laughs) so like like yeah like they're prepared to throw their lives away just like everybody else but like this is no place to just wait and see so let's see that second diplomacy check we already know Uhtred's assisting. Our genus automatically assists, and Teobuth automatically assists. Yep. So Joe's getting a plus four on this after Sabale's penalty. Correct. All right. It's like, come on. Uh, 28 plus, what was four. it? Four. four. 32. Four. 32. Althun bows his head. Not like, not towards you, like not like a nod of respect or anything, but like of like fatigue. That's a good sign. Then he looks back up, and as he does, uh, the unmistakable sound of a massive roaring dragon echoes through the hills, followed by more crashes and the faintest corrosive hiss of a powerful acidic breath can be heard. And he says, It is against the very fabric of my character that I order my men to retreat. But there are far too many unknowns here. We can do more if we return to our loved ones and we can shepherd them to safety. And 
uh, he looks around at his honor guard and everybody gives him a, an encouraging nod. And even Sabale kind of like goes with it. Um, and he looks back at you all and he says, I still don't know where to place my judgment in this situation, let alone you all. You have my gratitude that can never be repaid for the deeds done in vigil. And for now, that is really the only compass I have. I pray that I have judged the situation correctly. And whatever happens, I wish you Iomade's strength. Um, at that point, I would like actually Arjunus to like float down like in front of him and, and actually like go all the way to the ground with like head bowed and just like kind of like tears in his eyes like thank you <laughs> thank you so Sabea looks like she wants to like restrain you from being so close to the watcher lord because you're a fucking maniac but she uh <laughs> she she looks to Althun for like if he wants her to do that and he doesn't he 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 matches your gaze and well he he might seem a little uncomfortable with you being so close to him and just openly weeping especially with how uncomfortable he already is making this call but he uh he meets your gaze with uh, a steady gaze of respect and he says may we meet again with more florid tidings. And he, uh, he spurs his horse and they turn about and, uh, one of the paladins blows through a, like a war horn and they sound for a retreat. And the army, likewise, turns about and they begin leaving. <laughs> and you guys are again alone up on this hill overlooking Red Church. Only once we're alone will Uchid finally turn around and take sight of the battle behind him. Well, the battle has been taking place, like, obscured in the hills, but as you turn around, the hills beyond Renchurch burst apart, and you see two enormous creatures scrambling for dominance over the other. A black dragon and a massive humanoid-shaped creature that could be made of vegetation. The two creatures grapple on the ground, and you can barely make out the two liches zooming through the air above the skirmish. As you watch, one figure fires a green beam of energy while the other charges at the caster, spinning around and over the beam before thrusting a dazzling rapier. The rapier is blocked with a crisp metallic clang and a burst of red and black sparks. The one without the rapier, you're sure, is Tarbafan, curiously, seems to no longer be wearing his horned helm. They continue to dodge, attack, and counter, but their movements are smaller, sharper, less grand, as if fatigued, or perhaps just now pacing themselves in this drawn-out conflict. The two liches continue their skirmish, eventually arriving back above Renchurch, where they seem to be exchanging words, and suddenly, Tarbafan raises a hand, and he drops some small object, and as it falls, Arasni whips her body around to look at you all. You're a good distance from Red Church, but are you far enough? Razni doesn't seem convinced. You've barely had a moment to comprehend what's about to happen when Tarbafan vanishes in a wisp of smoke and wind, and you see about a quarter of his army, as well as the Black Dragon, likewise vanish at the same time. Despite you believing their inability to do so with the Witch Gates, and the sky turns bright green and a massive explosion, making any that you saw during this epic wizard's duel look like mere sparks against a raging fire erupts from the small falling object. The explosion grows and grows and keeps growing, consuming everything in its path. Arasni reaches out towards you before the radiant fire swallows her up without a thought and then continues to grow, roiling over the landscape, completely consuming Renchurch and the remaining undead, and growing still. Too fast to do anything but watch. You look on helplessly as the explosion continues to grow, climbing the surrounding hills, racing up towards you. The echoes of whinnying horses and men 
distantly shouting orders fills your ears, along with the thunderous churning of soil and rocks as the radiant fire upends the very ground, and as your entire vision is dominated by this curtain of all-consuming destruction. Seek the Kumaru. Silence. No sounds of an army in distress. No sounds of destruction. The cold, overcast scenery of Renchurch is gone, replaced with the hot, humid, bright air and the dense, vibrant foliage of some subtropical jungle. The smell of wet, spicy soil fills your nostrils, and as your ears acclimate to the quiet, you hear the merry calling of unfamiliar birds and the gurgling of running water as you realize you stand but a stone's throw from a large, swift river. As you take this all in, you follow the river with your eyes as it winds away from you, and through gaps in the forest, you see it flows right past a city several miles away, filled with stone structures decorated with large, bright flowers. End of book four. Everybody what? levels up. Oh shit! Yes. And we'll see you next week oh, on the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. Oh, Hooray! No dungeon. Fuck book four. See ya. See ya. Yeah. See ya. See ya.